2,000 years ago, Jesus went to the cross and gave his life. And after everything was said and done, they put his body in a tomb. For three days, three days, his body laid there, dead. But for many of us, we know what happened on the third day. The stone was rolled away. And as the disciples went to the tomb that once held the body of Jesus, the angels appeared and said, why are you looking for him among the dead? For he is alive. And you know what's so amazing about that? Although that took place 2,000 years ago, 2,000 plus years later today, he is still alive. He's still alive. He's still moving. He's still doing great things because he is God. And so, Lord, that's why we worship you. Not because of us, but because of who you are. And the truth is, Lord, we do not worship a God who is dead. We worship a God who is alive, alive in us, no matter what we may be going through in our lives. You came to give us life to the fullest. Because that's who you are. When we sing that, the death could never hold you, so it's never going to hold me. It's because of the power of your blood, the power of your spirit that resides in us. And so, Lord, we come before you right now, and if there's anything that's weighing us down, if there's anything that's trying to put us in the tomb, Lord, we declare We declare the name of Jesus over our lives. That we are alive because you are alive in us. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you, Lord, for who you are, Jesus. And, Lord, as we continue to worship you, Lord, we pray over our tithes and offerings. And, Lord, our tithes and offerings isn't where we're just... Oh, it's it's not just about finances. No, it's more than that. When we give unto you, Lord, our tithes and and offerings, Lord, we get to partner with you in reaching people far from you who think that they're dead, that you are calling to life. And so, Lord, would you bless the tithes and offerings, Lord? Would you continue to do great things because of who you are? And Lord, thank you for allowing us to experience and witness it all because of who you are. We love you, Lord. We thank you. And we look forward to what you're going to do in the lives of your people because you are alive. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. And we all said, amen, amen. Woo! Well, welcome to New Hope Church. We're so glad you're joining us tonight. Before you have a seat, for those of you who are here, would you just turn to somebody and just give them some love. Give them a hug. Give them a high five, a handshake shackles for you guys online. We're so glad that you're joining us as well here. Go ahead and greet each other in the chat. We're so blessed that you are joining us tonight.
we give it up for the worship team? I love it. You know, when we worship, we gotta, we gotta remember that. When we worship, we worship a God that's alive. We gotta be alive, right? Well, we're so blessed that you guys are joining us on our Wednesday night Equip and Disciple Services, and uh, I'm Pastor Ben, and I'm so stoked that I get to be with you guys here tonight. Uh, it is 2023. Woo! We made it! <laughs> You know, I love, I love the fact that it's a, it's still, we're still in the beginning stages of 2023, and God is going to do some amazing things because that's just who he is. I love it that our God just continues to show off because he can. You know, here at New Hope, our, our purpose here is to present the gospel of Jesus Christ in such a way that turns non-Christians into converts, converts into disciples, and disciples into mature, fruitful leaders who will in turn go into the world and reach others for Christ. And as we continue to move forward in 2023, you may have heard Pastor Sheldon say last year towards the end that our focus for this year in 2023 is going to make is, is all going to is going to be all about making disciples who also make disciples. And why is that so important? Because it's found in Matthew 28 verses 18 to 20. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now for some of, some of, some of us, we may have just received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and maybe we find ourselves in the beginning stages of our relationship with the Lord. There are some of us who maybe we've received Jesus as our Lord and Savior for a while, but we kind of remain stuck in that position. Like when people ask you, do you believe in Jesus? You say, yeah, but that's it. See, Jesus may be our Savior, but he's calling us to go. See, Jesus isn't just saying, hey, I want to be your Lord and Savior. He's actually giving us a mission. He's telling us to take action. That in who we are in Jesus also brings a fundamental mission for Jesus. And that's, again, to make disciples. Turn to the person next to you and say, to make disciples. For those of you online, type that in the chat, to make disciples. That's the mission that Jesus is giving to each and every one of us. He calls us to make disciples. And you know what's crazy is this, that everything that Jesus did was discipleship. From meeting people where they were at, to eating meals with them, to riding in the boat, to preaching the gospel, to withdrawing from the crowds, to caring for people, and so much more. See, Jesus highlighted that discipleship was, was everything by making everything he did discipleship. And in the same way, we too can learn how to go and make disciples all for Jesus. So you guys ready for that? 
I think like 10 people said yes. <laughs> Are you guys ready for that? Yeah. Well, in the words of my friend Mel, let's go. So to kind of to share that, to kind of illustrate this, uh, we're going to do something tonight. I want to I show you, because when I think of to go and make, I... I'm a creative person, so I like illustrations. I like illustrations. I like to, to kind of show stuff off and, and think about it. And one of the things I like to make is food. I love food. If you cannot tell. I know we had the 21 days of fasting and prayer, and I am struggling. So if you're struggling, I'm with you. But that's why we have Jesus. And so to kind of illustrate it, if you're fasting food, I apologize. Lead you not into tempt- temptation, but deliver you from food. <laughs> because when it comes to making disciples, thanks guys. Because when it comes to making disciples, I think food is an awesome way. Because how many of you learned how to cook from other people? Like your grandma taught you how to cook something, or your mom taught you how to cook something, or your friend taught you how to cook something. So tonight, <clears throat> I thought. We'd make smash burgers. But I can't do it alone, so I'm going to need you, Keeney. Come on. So here's the thing. <laughs> oh, and just letting you know, I'm sorry, but I'm not making smash burgers for everybody, but you can all smell it. You can want to say <laughs> Give it up for Keeney. Now, the reason why I'm calling Keeney up here is because uh, this, to, in order to go and make disciples, it's going to take more than one person. There's no such thing as a single discipleship program. It takes more than one person. And so to go and make disciples is what we call the Great Commission. And so it's the last thing that Jesus actually spoke to his disciples before ascending into heaven. And it's so important that it's actually found, a version of it is found throughout every gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So how do we go and make disciples? Well, I'm going to use smash burgers to illustrate that. So Keen, you're going to help me out, okay? So we got lettuce, cheese, Smasher. Oh, tomatoes. You can't forget the buns. Plates. But here's the first thing. If you're taking notes, here's the first thing. Everyone starts out raw. Everyone starts out raw. Everyone starts out raw. Picture this. Jesus, I'm going to give this to you. You can open that up. If you want, you can wear gloves. I have gloves if you want. Shoots. He's saying that so nobody bother him for burgers. That's why. See, here's the thing. Jesus started the largest movement in human history by calling, equipping, and sending out a handful of unschooled, unqualified and unlikely disciples. I mean, they consisted of a zealot, a tax collector, fishermen, and other individuals that lacked importance and stature, that were imperfect and flawed. You see, Jesus said to go and make disciples, 
He didn't say to find them. See, the disciples themselves didn't know that they were going to become disciples. They probably thought that the life that they were living was the life that they were only going to have. See, when it comes to discipling, when we disciple others, we got to remember that they're raw. You're never going to meet someone who's perfect, ready to listen, ready to follow directions. I mean, think about it. When we first started, when we first came to know Jesus, we too were raw. I remember over 20, hold on, I'm trying to do the math. Yeah, over 20 years ago, when I first came to church as a youth in high school, that I was super raw. I mean, every word out of my mouth was a swear word. I remember, I remember having bad words and bad actions and bad thoughts. I mean, I was typically the person that... So I remember being in high, in, in high school. <laughs> Just so you guys know, this is live, yeah? So none of this was planned. Uh, but, um, but I remember when I, was, when I first started, there was no way, you could ask anybody, there was no way that this kid was ever going to be who I am today. Why? Because I was raw. But I was so blessed to have people who saw more than what I saw in myself. People like Pastor Sheldon and Pastor Bunny and countless others. They, Pastor Sheldon always said something to us growing up in youth ministry and even when we started serving as adults in youth ministry. He always said that you can't see a youth where they're at today. You have to look at them when they're 30. I'm 30 something and every time I think about it, I always imagine Pastor Bunny and Pastor Sheldon thinking this is what they saw when I was 16. In the same way, when we disciple others, we can't just see them as the raw meat. Because you can look at this. Sorry, Jamie, I know you're trying to get my mic on. But you can look at this and say, "Ah, that's just raw meat. But let me tell you right now what's going to happen tonight. We're going to make some really awesome smash burgers with it because there's a lot of potential. Okay, Keeney, I'm going to give you that. So what you're going to do is you're going to scoop. Okay? You're going to just take a scoop and then put it on top. See, no matter how raw someone might present themselves, whoo! (laughs) Staying as low, that's what we're hearing on here. For the guys online, See, no matter how raw someone may present themselves, there is always a God-given potential that can be found in them. Romans 3, 23, 24, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Listen, you might be thinking, I'm raw. Like, I just started out following Jesus. 
that's okay because Jesus sees more in you than where you're at right now. But the second thing is this. When we disciple others, when we go and make disciples of others, we cannot just understand that everyone starts out raw, but we have to be willing to go through pressing times. We have to be willing to go through pressing times. You see, Jesus... Oh, but... Okay, that's enough, I think. <clears throat> I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to spread them out a little bit. Spread them out. Okay, you can make one more right there. <clears throat> you see, Jesus didn't just exhibit discipleship in everything he did. He also modeled discipleship in every moment. Whether it's, the, whether it's on the mountaintop or on the crashing waves whether it is on the midst of the crowds or even in the moment of loss. Jesus experienced pressing times with his disciples. He encountered each moment with them, willing to endure challenging times, frustrating incidents, and moments of anguish and heartbreak. You see, Jesus said to go and make disciples. To make means to bring into existence by shaping or changing. See, life is filled with ups and downs. It's filled with moments that often shape us because of that. But it is often who is willing to walk with us in those moments that determine if we change and be better or change and be bitter. And so, Keeney, for this part, I'm going to give you this. And what you're going to do is you're going to take the smasher and you're going to press it down. Now, people often ask me, what's the difference between a, a regular burger and a smash burger? It's in the name. Smashed. <laughs> you take the burger, you smash it. And what's actually really cool is that there's a scientific thing that takes place between the relationship. You can smash them harder than that, you know. Oh. I never mean break the griddle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Perfect. But you see, what's interesting is that when you smash a burger, because it's on high heat, it actually starts to make a crust on the outside, but it keeps all the juices inside. Just like in pressing times in our lives, when we go through pressing times, that's the best times to rebuild relationships with people because anybody can have a relationship with people and life is good, right? When life is easy, it's easy to disciple someone. It's easy to hang out with somebody. It's easy to tell them about Jesus. But imagine the times where life isn't the best. I mean, I just went through that couple just the other year. You see, every moment is an opportunity for discipleship. Because we can't have discipleship without relationships. But Jesus' heart for relationships and discipleship isn't one that is shallow, but so deep that even in hard-pressed times, he becomes evident. What you're going to see is when we flip it eventually, you're going to see the evidence of it being cooked, of it no longer being raw hamburger meat, but starting to take the form of a smash burger. John 16, 33, and many of us, we know this scripture. It says, I have told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, 
I have overcome the world. See, when we go through hard pressing moments with each other, that's a prime time, not just for discipleship to take place, but for us to build a relationship because it's in the trenches often that relationships move from shallow to deep. I mean, you're a prime example of that. You, our relationship got deeper as I went through some hard stuff. Yeah, Kini? And so here's the third point and the last point for tonight is serving and learning together brings out the flavor of Jesus. Serving and learning together brings out the flavor of Jesus. In other words, salt brings out the flavor of Jesus. Now, some of you may know this, but here at, here at New Hope, we always say salt. So you see it on shirts, you see it on those can cooler things, you see it on, we have uh, things in the resource center that say salt. But it's not just the model of our, our, of our church here. It's the heart of Jesus' church. See, loving God and loving people is the greatest commandment, but how we do that is by serving and learning together. That's the core of leadership. Mark 10, 45, Jesus said this, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You see, Jesus said to go and make disciples right before he ascended into heaven. He had called these untrained individuals together, spent moments of rejoicing as well as frustration and heartbreak with them, gave his life and rose from the grave. He had taught, shared, and shown them everything that he knew as he served alongside of them because that's what true discipleship is. It's not a course it's not a program. True discipleship is life on life. When we go through life together, this is what actually takes place. We start to season each other as we serve and learn together. Because when we serve and learn together, there's things that you know that you get to pass on, but there's also other things that the other person knows and they can and they can pass on. Give a makini. Here, let me help you out. Let me help you out. We're going to serve and learn together. Watch. Okay. No, no, no. Not that much. That's high blood pressure. People can see Jesus for real. And now that it's seasoned, flip them. But that's why it's so important to serve and learn together. That as we serve and learn, I'm watching you. We never practiced this, so you know, I was just. Okay, now you got to prep the burger buns now. See, when, you, when we serve and learn together, this is what takes place. I should put on gloves too, yeah.
How are we going to open the cheese with one hand? But when you serve and learn together, this is what takes place. You see what's happening? What once started out as raw meat is starting to take fruition. Brother, get get plates. (laughs) Give it up for Keeney. I only get glove on one hand, so. Yes, smell that. But this is why it's important to be properly equipped, so that's why we come to church. Now, Keeney, is you can put one burger patty on top of each other because it's a double patty, yeah? <clears throat> See, when we experience discipleship as life on life, we encounter life fully. See, that's why it's important to understand that discipleship thrives in community. Again, there's no such thing as a single discipleship program. Jesus chose 12 individuals and served alongside them, experiencing life on life with them so that they would in turn go and reach and bring life to people. All for Jesus. Mark 9.50 says it like this, salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with each other. That's why it's so important for us to serve and learn together as part of discipleship. All right, we ready for the home run? Home stretch? Thank you.
Now, as you can tell, we made this really quickly. But man, doesn't it look good? See, discipleship, discipleship isn't always going to look pretty. But let me tell you what will happen at the end of it. When we understand that everyone is raw, that not everybody's going to be exactly where we want them to start off at, but we see that there's something more in them, when we're willing to go through pressing times with them and experience life with them, when we're willing to serve and learn together, being life on life, the final product might not look perfect. Just like when you see those ads and commercials for McDonald's. The funny thing is, if you were to eat the food from all those ads and commercials, you wouldn't because it's not actual food. This is. It's real. How do I know it's real? Because if I'm hungry and I eat it, I'll be full and satisfied. One of the very last things that Jesus did was he spoke to one of his disciples named Peter. And he asked him a question. He said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, yes. Lord, you know I love you. And then Jesus said, then feed my sheep. There's a lot of sheep out there. It's going to take disciples to go out and feed them. If you're thinking, I cannot make disciples. I know I'm pastor. You don't need to be. All you need is Jesus. You may be thinking, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what, like, how do I, how do I go through pressing times when I'm going through my own pressing times? Oh, trust that the Lord's going to take every hurt and pain and pressing time and use it for his glory so that you can reach people who might possibly be going through the same thing that you are. You might be going, well, how do I serve then? Like, where do I serve? Like, how do I get involved? How do I serve? Serve. Start serving where you're at. Your house, your home, your family your workplace. There are many ministries here that you can get involved in. You can just ask one of us. Jesus said, go and make disciples. So we can't afford to sit in the seats anymore. The world is hungry. So let's go feed them. Amen. Would you bow your heads with me? Can we give it up for Keeney one more time? Sorry, real quick. Would you bow your heads to me as we pray? Lord, we just come before you. And Lord, in a very fun way, but a very important way, Lord. Lord, thank you for showing us what it means to go and make disciples. Lord, the truth is, regardless if we've known you for a short while or long, we've all been raw we're all imperfect 
We're all flawed. Yet you used 12 of them to change the world. Lord, we all go through the ups and downs of life. But those moments are precious moments where we can not only just lean on you, but learn from you and share it with others. And Lord, as we serve and learn together, Lord, that's us being life on life just as you did and continue to do with us. Like we sang earlier this night, you are the living God. You came to give us life to the fullest. And so Lord, help us to go and make disciples who in turn make disciples. Because when we do, Lord, that pleasant aroma will reach people and they'll come to know you. We love you, Lord. We thank you. And we look to you as we move forward. In Jesus' name, and we all said, amen. Let's go and make disciples. Thank you guys so much for joining us this evening. We'll see you guys Sunday morning at 7, 8.30, and 10 a.m. Or next week, Wednesday at 6.30. God bless everybody. Take care and aloha. Aloha.